Family Church, and it's so good to have you all here. Pastor Tony has asked me to um, minister the word today, and I find it a great um, privilege and an honor. I don't take it lightly at all. I'm very humbled to be here. He wanted um, me to let you guys know of where he is. He's just on the Gold Coast at the moment, celebrating the relaunching and rebranding of a church that's in our denomination. And he really looks forward to being here with us all next Sunday morning. Um, He will be ministering here tonight, however, at our 6 p.m. service um, on the subject of healing. So he will be here this evening. And um, yeah, it's it's a huge privilege to be able to bring the word of God today. I don't take it lightly and I did seek the Lord a lot on um, what I'm to to bring. And he did give me a word which I do feel is very timely. I shared it in the first service and um, from what I've heard, it's been a very timely word for many people. Um, And I do believe it's not just for the first service, it's also for people here in the second service. But before we um, get into it, if it's okay to, to pray, or maybe I'll just mention this introduction and then we can pray. Um, no, pray first, sorry. If it's okay, just the joint faith. Father God, I just desire to be a vessel uh, used by you. I desire that you be seen, you be heard, your ways be manifest, and I just yield myself to you. I can't do anything without you, nothing good anyway. And um, I just ask that you would give um, utterance, the ability to be able to speak your very words, the oracles of God. And I just thank you for giving us all spiritual eyes that see, spiritual ears wide open and able to hear and discern your word and your ways. Also ask for hearts to be open and receptive to receive the good things from you. We ask for answers to questions, answers to difficult questions and simple questions. We ask for um, answers and solutions to things that are pertaining to the people here today, myself included. And we just ask that you give us the grace to be able to walk out what we heal, not just heal and deceive ourselves, but to be doers of the word because it's the doers that are blessed. And we ask for all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So in seeking the word, uh, it, the word, well, yeah, Jesus is the word. In seeking the Lord on the topic um, for today, God had showed me that he has set up people's breakthroughs and miracles spiritually, physically, and financially. He's got it all set up. Now check this out, okay? Here's the... mm. It depends whether we walk in humility or pride. That determines whether we receive or we miss out the blessings of God, the breakthrough, the breakthroughs, the miracles, um, the things that God desires to do in our life. Spiritually, could be related to the call of God on your life. It could be related to the purpose on your life that God has for you. It could be physically, like say a healing, something you're believing for uh, physically, in the physical realm, and also financially. God has set these things up, but what we're about to talk today is going to either determine whether you qualify for these things or whether you disqualify yourself. And what we're talking about today is pride and humility. Now, God has us do things in this life, and when he has us do it, these things he has us do are linked together. They're connected together. If you were God, you'd be able to see how it works. It, it's, it, it's so perfect. His ways, the, the way he goes about things, it's the right way. It's the ultimate way for us. However, because it's a walk of faith, we don't see all the time. And we certainly don't see the fullness of what God's doing. It's a walk of faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, when you're walking by faith and not by sight, your mind has a lot of questions. You know, I've met people that have said to me, you know, if I do that, I mean, like, I can't figure it out. I'm the type of person that needs to know before I do it. How many of you have heard that? Maybe you've felt that yourself. That's very normal to us because prior to becoming a Christian, we all walk by sight. 
you know? We all walk by what we see. We all walk by what we know. Even in our, in our mind, we can already see how things are going to pan out. So as a Christian and learning to do the walk of faith, it's very challenging, should I say, on our mind and very challenging for our flesh, which I'll talk about later. But if you've heard from God and God has set you on a particular path, if you step away from that path or you go the opposite direction, it can cost you your miracle or your blessing. We're going to be talking about um, Naaman the leper in 2 Kings chapter 5. And some of you are familiar with the story, but Naaman, he was the, like, the general of the army of Syria. He was a general, a very, very important man. But even though he was a leader and a general in the army, he was also a leper. So he had leprosy. And he sought God because he heard that God could heal him. And he went to the prophet's house to be healed. And the instruction the prophet gave him was something that was very hard for him to do. In fact, it was so hard that it almost cost him his blessing. But even though it was hard and it was so hard, it was still very achievable. He could do it if he could get his mind and his flesh over it and be like, God told me to, so I'm going to do it. And what it required of him was for him to dip in a muddy enemy river. So he is like the, the, the general of the nation. And he goes to the prophet's place, which is in the, the nation, which their enemies, you know, the, the enemy nation to the nation that he is in, like, in charge of the nation's military. And he has to go not just to that nation, that enemy nation, but he has to go into an enemy river and dip himself seven times before he could receive his healing. That is, that is incredible. I find that absolutely incredible. It's very humiliating. It's extremely humbling. But this was the word of the Lord. And in order for the word of the Lord to come to pass, there was no other way for Naaman to receive his breakthrough, his miracle, his blessing, apart from doing what God had told him to do. And that Jordan River... It, it, it's symbolic of different situations we have in our lives where we may find ourself, ourselves in a very uncomfortable situation, a very uncomfortable place in the Christian walk. Because as you're walking by faith and not by sight, so you're not going by what you see or what you know, but you're going by what God is telling you through the Holy Spirit who lives inside you if you are saved, if you're a Christian. As you're following the Holy Spirit, He doesn't show you everything. He doesn't tell you why all the time. He may show you a snippet, and it's just enough for you to walk in that. And as you walk in that, if you stay in that path, if you stay in that journey, you will receive your breakthrough. You will receive your miracle. But it is not easy. And let me tell you that it is, you'll be tempted all the time to quit, to give up, to be fed up, to say, no way, I, I'm, not, I'm not having this anymore. I'm going to do my thing, you know? And it, suddenly you go from a place of humility where you were walking in the plan of God to then rising up in your flesh, your flesh getting the better of you and saying, no, I don't have to take this. I don't need to do this. I'm going to do it my way or the highway. I ain't doing it God's way though because this is too tough. You can have your way, you can have your say, but you'll leave without. You'll leave without the blessing of God or what God was endeavoring to do or lead you into. And um, just in my own personal life and my, my wife's life, we've been um, following the Lord for a short amount of time compared to, to those that um, have, been, have been here and have gone before us. But in our short experience, we have been in many Jordan River type experiences. 
um, from different people we've been put around with throughout all the different seasons of life and in the the whole duration of our Christian walk there have been people we've been put with that we've found to be uncomfortable to be around whether it's just in the workplace or you know just in ministry or in life in general there's there's people you just absolutely love and you connect with you know and you're just like we're on the same page you know and it's like just love you you know just no disagreements at all but then there's some people and it's just it's hard to be around them, you know? So um, it's same with places of work, you know? Uh, we, we may feel like we can do this job very well, but then we're given this job, and it's very humiliating. It's very humbling, you know? Um, age can play a factor. I've been in workplaces where the person who was my boss or supervisor was 10 years younger than me, and they were telling me what to do. And it's humbling on your, on your flesh, to, to be able to take that. Different living situations, different places of serving. Jordan River experiences, you know? How many of you can relate to at least one Jordan River experience that you know the Lord's put you in? So, and man, there's times where I have said to Eva in, in some of those, some of the most pressing of situations, I've said to my wife, Eva, man, like, let's just, let's just do our own thing, you know? Let's get our own place. We can afford it. We got the money. We can rent out another place. Or, you know, we, we don't have to do this or do that. It's like, let, let's just, come on, you know? And then Eva will say, yeah, but God told us to be here. He told us to stay here. We heard from God. Has God told us different? And I'll check my heart and I'll be like, no. <clears throat> no, he hasn't. <sighs> and... I have an option right there. I either go with what I want to do, me, 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 Benny's way or the highway, or whether I submit myself and go under, I go low and I go under the hand of God. We're going to look at scriptures to do with that. And we stay. When you, when you know you're meant to stay in a situation, when you know God has put you in that situation, you can either retaliate with pride and say, no way, I don't have to take that. I don't have to take that. I don't have to look like a fool, you know? have someone 10 years younger than me bossing me around. I don't need that. Or you could be humble and be like, it's okay. You know, God's put them over there. They've earned the, the, the place. That's fine. I can work under them. I can take directions. I can be like, yes, yep, I'll do it. I'll do it with a good attitude, you know, and stick it out all the way through. And that's the blessed way. I'll tell you why in a minute. Well, let me just tell you right now. It's so good. James 4 verse 6. But God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, when you know what grace is, you'll be very, 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 very excited to learn about humility. Why? Because if you are humble, you receive God's grace. And we have all received God's grace just by the fact of being saved. I'll get into that in a moment. We have all, we are all experiencing, even the world is experiencing God's grace as well in terms of just being on this planet and having the privilege to live, breathe, and have brightness of mind. That's all by God's grace as well. I'll get into that as well. But, um, so God's grace, he, he gives it to the humble, but the proud are resisted. I'll give a very quick illustration. Kynan, if you want to come up, brother. Sorry, I didn't give you any sort of notice or warning. But we're just going to say that Kynan is the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to give this illustration again for those who missed it last week. Oh, not last week, last time I was up here, which was a couple months back. And um, we're going to say that Kynan here is the Holy Spirit. And you're going to endeavor to lead me as I'm going this way, but you're going to lead me that way, okay? So I'm going to say, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to go. And the Holy Spirit, you can take my arm. Wait, but, but do it gently because you're a gentleman. So I'm like, I want to go this way. Oh, I feel a tug. Oh, Holy Spirit. No, Holy Spirit, I don't want, and then I'll break, and I'll be like, I ain't going there, I ain't doing that, I ain't staying there, I ain't going to be with those people, I'm going to do my thing, because I want to do what I want to do. That's pride. The humble way is I go, I really want to go this way, because this is where my blessing is. So I'm, I'm going this way, and the Holy Spirit, you can lead me that way. So, oh, oh, what's that? I, I want to go this way, but I'm feeling a tug to go that way. And it seems peaceful, seems right. So, oh, 
okay, I'll just trust you. And it's a walk of faith. I can't see where the Holy Spirit's leading me. If I ask the Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? You're just going to get crickets, you know? It's just like, chirp, chirp, chirp. It's like, okay, I'm just trusting you, going in blind, not knowing, because I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And I'm following and I'm following. And this could be months, it could be um, years, it could be decades even. And I'm just following and following. And then, whoa, thank you, Holy Spirit. I thought that thing was like, if I went that way, I thought I'd get it. But this is so much quicker. I would have wasted so much time, so much, you know, heartache going that way. I would have hurt myself. But you took me here and it was so easy. It, it was so gentle. It wasn't easy on my flesh or my mind because my flesh and mind wanted to know where we were going, what we were doing, how long it's going to be. But now I look at it, I'm like, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Kynan. Thanks, brother. Just a graphic illustration of what it looks like to be proud versus being humble. God gives grace to the humble. Your breakthrough, your miracle, that's all by God's grace, and he gives it to those which are humble. The definition of humble, according to um, that verse we had read in James 4, verse 6, um, I'm not going to pronounce the Greek definition, but in English, what one of the words that that word humble means is also humiliated. Humiliated in circumstance or disposition, uh, nature or character. So being humbled in terms of your circumstance, your nature or your character. You know, it, I'll give an example of character. Being bossed around by someone that's 10 years younger than you is very humbling to your character, especially when other people see it, especially if that person isn't being very friendly. It, it takes a hit on your character. It's quite humiliating. And another definition of um, humble is lowly. As you can see, there's base, like the bottom of something, um, cast down, humble of low degree, or lowly. So it has to do with going low. First Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. When's due time? It's, a, it's usually a little bit longer than what your flesh likes. That's due time. Your flesh wants it now. You want the blessing now. You wanted it like six months ago because you've been doing this for six months, but no, it's actually two years. That's your due time. So it says here, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he'll lift you up in due time. We have to do this. It's, it, it says there that... Therefore, humble yourselves. It does not say God will do it for you. Now, if you ask me, why doesn't God just make me humble? Why doesn't God humble me? In order for God to humble you, he would have to strip you of your free will. He would have to take your free will. You have no option. You can't do right or wrong. You have to only do right. You have to be humble. You have to do this. You have to do that. And you got no say. No say. And that would make God into a monster. God is love. And love gives free will, gives choice, you know? The devil, he's the one that's always forcing and giving no option. And he's very pushy, you know? He, he's very like, you have to do this, you have to do that, come here. But God's not like that. If we all wanted to skip church today, man, we all could. If we all want to skip church next week, we all could, you know? God won't force us out of bed and tell us to. And it's good you know, I'll just say this, that um, as parents, as leaders, as ministers, you know, just as, as people of God, we shouldn't try force other people as well. We can encourage them, let them know the benefits, but really we should do the same as God. Let them have free will in the end. Just say, look, okay, if you don't want to, I've just made it available to you. I'm not going to be pushy. Because I've seen in my life, time and time again, working with youth, not just here, but in other ministries, that the, the, the youth that have the most demanding of parents, the parents that say, do this, don't do that, you go to church, you sit here, you do that, you do this, do that. Those youth are the most rebellious youth. And it confused me because I grew up in a church where I saw the most um, religious appearing parents on the front row, worshiping God, saying hallelujah, quoting scriptures, sometimes on the platform, and their children were just out of hand. And I was friends with them. And I was like, I listen to what your kids are telling me, and it's crazy, man. Some girl was like hardcore into demonic stuff and dressing in black and acting all emo and dark makeup and just standing there in the front row and just glaring at everyone. 
And the parents are like, praise God. And I'm like, something's wrong with this picture. Another youth, his mom and dad was, was very like holy and, try, you know, just serving in the church. But he was like into all sorts of sexual things and seeing girls and, you know, doing stuff. And then another person was like, you know, unsure of their identity and um, really wanting to be someone who they're not. And this was all youth with parents that were very, 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 very religious or very, very appearing holy, and it confused me. And then I realized later on that what's happening at home is the laws being thrown. Do this, don't do that, 10 commandments. Mom and dad is 10 commandments. Mom and dad's 1,000 commandments. You shall do this, you shall not do that. You shall never miss a Sunday service. You shall go to youth, you shall do this. You shall hang out with the right crowd. You don't do this, you don't do that. You don't hang around those people. And I'm not saying that all of it is, is bad. I see the heart it's coming from. The parents do love their children, want the best for them. But at the same time, balance has to be in place where you instruct, but then free will is also given. And it's tough for a parent, for a minister, for anyone that that knows God to give that free will because you know that they're going to experience things that are not good for them. It's going to hurt them. And because of that, you don't want to see that. So rather than walking by faith and trusting God, you go by sight and say, no, I'm going to just say it, God. I'm going to tell them how it is. But it can really hurt. It can push them further away. I've seen great results, however, with parents um, of youth that have given in good instruction to their children, but they also give them free will. And those children, they, they might, you know, go away for a time, but then because there's no pressure, no rules, no condemnation thrown at them, they go back themselves. They're like, I want to go to youth. I want to go to church. Yeah, I want to listen to that sermon. What a difference it makes. Free will. And this isn't in my notes, but I do feel to say it, so we'll just go with that for a bit. Free will is very important. God gives us free will. We would not like it as most of us adults here if God told us you can never miss a Sunday service. You have to come both services. You don't just have to do that. You have to serve. Cafe, cleaning, and youth. Come help me at youth. <laughs> so we wouldn't like that. We would not like that. And God gave us no option. And if the moment we stuffed up once, God let us have it, man. He's like, oh, I told you. I told you. You missed that Sunday. You missed that serving in that area. That would not make us feel good. It would make us rebel. Rather than going to God, we'd be kicking against him. We'd say, no way. I'm super not going to church. I super don't like youth. And I super just don't like anything to do with God. And I'm going to go waste 10 years of my life out here. Pride and humility. Free will. Let's be imitators of God as dear children, as the scriptures say. And imitate God. He is a good father. Now, going back to not going to church, we can not go to church. It will cost us the grace of learning about the things of God, the ways of God, that could really transform our lives. We'll miss out on that. If God really wants you to go to service, but you decide to just skip because you want to have your own way. It'll cost you, yes, but does God force you to go to church against your will? No, he doesn't. It upsets him if he's wanted you to do that, but he will not force you. Uh, I, I just thank God that now I have um, two lovely children, my wife and I are raising, and I remember um, people at work, because they know I'm a Christian, and they said, Benny, what are you going to do if your kids don't go to church and stuff? I said, I'm going to give them the privilege of free will. They can choose. It's not going to upset you, Benny? Yeah, it's going to upset me, but you don't know God. He lets us choose. He literally lets us make our own decisions, good or bad, and I can't make my kids do anything. I can set an example for them, but in the end, they, they have to make their own call. And even if they don't follow God, which I, I really rebuke, <laughs> but I will be willing to give them free will. I know the importance of that. All right, let's go. I've got some catching up to do. How much time we got? Good. Thank you, Lord. Um, the definition of humble is to go low, to bring low. So what is grace? Because if you know what grace is, God gives grace to the humble. And grace is the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. It is a huge word. One of the definitions of grace, according to James um, 4 verse 6, is benefit. Benefit. God gives benefits to the humble. How did you get saved? 
How did you get saved? Was it by your good works? By faith, yes. But what came before the faith? Grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So by grace we have been saved. Without God's grace and sending Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice for us to be made right in the eyes of God, we would not have an option to be saved or to know God. The grace of God is so important. We were saved because of his grace. Pastor Patsy had mentioned last week about um, reversing dishonor, and she had mentioned how God moved first in terms of crowning man with honor. God makes the first move, we make the next moves. And God sent Jesus 2,000 years ago, knowing that now in 2022, we'd be sitting here and there would come a point in our lives where we would need, we, we know that we need a savior. And that grace was already available for us to receive if we humbled ourselves. Because we had to humble ourselves and accept Jesus to be saved, to receive God's grace, that marks just the start of our Christian journey. The rest of our journey is continued by us receiving God's grace by humbling ourselves to him. It's the same pattern. Um, it says in Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. First John 4 says we love him because he first loved us. God cared about us so much that he extended his grace to us and it took humility on our end to receive and enjoy the grace of God. Now by the grace of God, everything is created and upheld by him. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, upholding all things by the word of his power. So Jesus himself upholds all things by the word of his power, what he speaks out. He upholds it all. Um, let's look at Colossians 1 verse 16 to 17. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Everything was created through him and for him. Check out verse 17. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together by the word of his power. So just the fact that we're able to live on this planet, breathe this air, be held on this planet by gravity, the sun in its tracks, the planets in its tracks, in their tracks and not colliding into one another. It's all done by the word of God's power, his spoken power. Without that word being spoken, everything would be chaotic. You know, they say with the sun in its tracks, if it was off by just a few degrees further or away from the, further or closer to earth, the earth would either freeze because it'd be too cold because the sun's too far away, just by the smallest of degrees or it would overheat and melt into itself because it'd be too hot. But the sun is positioned in such a track that's just perfect for us to live in. Sure, it gets hot and cold, but without the word of God sustaining, upholding the world, the gravity that keeps us to this planet, the atoms and molecules and just everything about it, you know, the air we breathe, it's a privilege and it's all by the grace of God for both us saved and even the unsaved. He sends his reign to both the just and the unjust. Now, last time I was with you and we were speaking about honoring God and I um, had us all do a thing where we all bowed our heads and closed our eyes and I asked the question, has God ever protected, delivered or spared you? I just want to ask that question again or just to have, keep it in your heart right now. You don't have to um, look at me. You can look down if you want to. And just think of a time where God has protected, delivered, or spared you personally. Thank you, Lord. And God healing you as well. I want you to think of a time, time then. And God blessing you. You knew it was God. You knew it was God, not yourself. Without God, you wouldn't have had that. Are you grateful for that? I said in that sermon that he honored you. But here's another way of saying it. Him honoring you is him showing his grace to you. God's grace is him honoring you. And as you honored him, he honors you back. It's another way of saying that you humbled yourself to him 
and he gave you grace. The healing was the grace. The deliverance was the grace. The protection was the grace. The blessings was by the grace of God. So in summary, we're saved by grace. Grace upholds everything together, and we have the privilege of being here on this earth. But also, we're we've already experienced God's grace in what we just did just then, where we thought of a time where God showed his grace to us. But we're also needing more of his grace for the days ahead. And it's unmerited favor. You didn't deserve that healing. You didn't deserve that protection. You know? Sure, your part is humbling yourself, but I mean, you, you didn't deserve a healing. You didn't deserve to be saved. You didn't deserve to be blessed or protected. That's all by God's good grace. And we need to have more of his grace, especially in our walk with him. We need grace all the time. It's such a, a huge word, grace. Um, we need grace to get up in the morning, to function and have brightness of mind. We need grace to make it through each day, the strength of God, another way of saying the grace of God. The anointing of God, another way of saying the grace of God. We need his grace. And his grace has gotten us this far. And his grace will carry us on. Thank you, Lord. Unmer unmerited favor of God, all by his grace, amazing grace. But who gets the grace? The humble. The humble. If you have already experienced some of God's grace and you want more of his grace, what should you be more interested in? Being more humble. Why? Because the humble get the grace. So we're going to now quickly talk about pride and humility. So when you were saved, when you asked Jesus, when you acknowledged that Jesus is Lord, he came on the cross and died on our behalf and took away our sins, you made him Lord. Your spirit, the man or woman on the inside was made brand new, new creation in Christ. However, we're three-part being, and only the Spirit was made new. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body, three parts, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you can see, the Spirit was the one that became a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away, all things new. But your soul, which is made of your mind, will, and emotions, was not made brand new. Same with your body. And with your body comes the flesh. And the flesh was not made new. Now, there'll come a time when the Lord returns and we get caught up with him and we receive a glorified body. Does away with the flesh. And that will be a glorious time. But until that time, we are still living on this planet in a body which has the nature of the, which has flesh, should I say. We have our soul and we have our spirit, the person on the inside. Now, the person on the inside, the new man, has the nature and love of God shed abroad in the heart. That new created being, you were born again, literally made like birthed into this world. Your old spirit taken away, made brand new. That spirit, your spirit, wants to please God. In your heart, you want to please God. You want to follow God. You want to obey God. But your mind needs to be renewed. And what does that mean? Well, it just means that ways of thinking that are contrary to before you were saved, they need, that thinking needs to change. And it changes as we hear the word of God. So as we hear the word of God through preaching or through sermons like online or reading books or reading the word of God above all, all that preaching and books, it should be on the word of God and accurately divided. Um, it, it changes our thinking. So we don't think as we used to before we were saved. That's a process. And it's happening over time as we feed on God's word. It changes the way we think. But our flesh... It was not born again. The same desires you had before you were saved are the same desires that you'll battle with 
even after you're saved. Only now, because your spirit is made brand new and has the love of God shed abroad in, in the heart, you have the power to not yield to your flesh, but yield to your spirit, man. Therefore, pleasing God and crucifying your flesh. So going against your flesh. And the nature of your flesh, you have to know this, is selfishness. I know it didn't bless you, but the truth makes us free. And we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. If you do not know that your flesh, the nature of your very own flesh is selfishness and pride, you're going to be deceived and you're going to be very confused in the Christian walk. In fact, you'll think you're bipolar, but you're not bipolar. What's happening is the reason why you sometimes feel like this is the, the way God wants you to do it and, and you know it's the right way and you know it's God's way and you know it's God's word, but then there's a part of you that just hates it, doesn't want anything to do with it. That is not because you have split personality. It's simply because your flesh, your selfishness, wants to go a different way to God. Galatians talk about how they're enmity against one another. They're fighting against one another. But we can starve the flesh and the desires of the flesh, and we cannot yield to pride and selfishness and yield to our spirit man and the love of God inside and the Holy Spirit who helps us and follow God. Pride and humility. It says in Ephesians 4.22 that you put off concerning your former conduct. Other translations bring out your former way and former manner of life. The old man, where to put it off. The old way of doing things before we followed God. And where um, the old man, which is the flesh, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful loss. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's what I was talking about. Renewing your soul, renewing your mind. James talks about the saving of the soul um, by receiving the word of God with meekness. Not, not pride, but saying, okay, God, your word says this, I'll receive it with meekness. And your mind thinks a different way to how it was thinking. And it says, and that you put on the new man, the spirit man, which was created in God in true righteousness and holiness. You are righteous and you are holy. And it's not because of you, it's because of what Jesus has done for you. He has recreated you from the inside out. Your real nature now is righteous and holy before God. And that's by His grace. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. If you did not extend your grace to us, we would not have that privilege. Let's look at um, Naaman now. Um, Naaman's leprosy healed. So in 2 Kings chapter 5, it says, Now Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Syria great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. And um, the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, which would be Naaman's wife, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, that's where she was from, for he would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman then went and told his master, which would be the king of Syria, saying, thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. So this young girl who was brought as a captive, spoke up because she had seen Naaman in his leprous state and said, if you go back to where I came from and you saw the prophet that lives there, that prophet would be able to heal you of your leprosy. So um, we'll go to verse 8. So when it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes, um, I won't go into time and explain that, but if you read the previous verses, um, it explains why. Um, that he said to the king, so Elisha said this, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, so the prophet sent his messenger to him, saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away. And said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me. So he, he was saying, surely I thought the prophet himself would come to me, but this messenger's coming to me. It's, he's, he's insulted right here. And um, not just that, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the, and he lists other rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Now, what had happened here 
was Naaman, you have to keep in mind that Naaman was like a general of the entire military of Syria. He's a very, very important man. And I'm sure he's used to great receptions, you know? People saying, oh, Naaman's here, the captain of the guard, you know, the, the general of the army, great Mr. Naaman, you know? And treat him with like a great deal of respect. So he would have had a huge shock when he went to the prophet's house expecting to see the prophet, but instead the messenger comes out. And he could have said, I'm here to see the prophet. Oh, yeah, 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 he, he's here, but uh, he, he's not coming out now. He, he just told me to tell you that if you go dip and, you know, wash yourself in the river seven times, you're going to be all good. That's why Naaman was so upset. You see, a manifestation of pride could be anger and how people are treating you. It's like, who do they think they are? Don't they know who I am? I'm me. And I deserve more respect than this. How insulting. You see, that, that's, that's pride. But careful, careful, because the pride can cost you your very blessing. Another thing, so he was, he was angry. But another thing was he assumed a different way to what God had said. He assumed how God should heal him. He said this. He said, he will surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. So he had this picture in his mind of how God was going to heal him when he heard that the prophet could heal him. And that thinking, again, was his pride, assuming and presuming how God should do it. But no matter how much he assumed how God should do it, or how much we may assume in different circumstances how God should do it, it doesn't change it when God has set it up a certain way. We don't change his mind. We can push to have our own way and miss out on the blessing of God. Or we can humble ourselves and say, I, I can't figure it out. But Lord, if you've said that, I'm going to have to go with that. And when you do that, you're being humble. You're yielding to your spirit man, the, the, the true you on the inside and not going with your flesh. Because your flesh will say, no, 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 I'm having my way. I'm having my say. But careful, because you'll leave without the blessing. You can have a fit. You can have a tantrum and say, I've had enough. I'm not doing it this way. I'm going to do it this way with these people rather than that way with those people. I don't have to take this. But it could cost you your very blessing. You can see this with the account of Naaman. So continuing on in verse 13. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Thank you, Lord. He received God's grace because he humbled himself to the word of the Lord. He went low. He submitted himself to the mighty hand of God and he was then exalted. When he came up that seventh time, he received his breakthrough. He received his miracle. It'll be the same with us. When we humble ourselves to whatever the Lord has told us to do, as humiliating as it is, the circumstance, I mean, you imagine going by the Jordan River and you see Captain Naaman, leader of the, of the armed forces of Syria, dipping in a muddy enemy river seven times. How humiliating the circumstances. How humiliating on the nature and character of Naaman. But because he followed God, he stuck it through with humility. He received the grace of God. It's the same with us being saved. You can see that we could have a very prideful attitude. Oh, we don't need God. Who's God? You know, Jesus isn't real. He's no realer than a tooth fairy. Pfft, I don't need religion. I'm good by myself. There ain't no heaven. Well, that's a lot of pride. And if you step out of this life with an attitude like that, it ain't good for you. It really isn't good for you. But instead, you humble yourself. You say, I can't save myself. I do need a savior. I can't clean myself of all my sins. Yes, I receive Jesus. Yes, come into my life. Yes, be Lord and savior. Yes, I want to yield to you by your Holy Spirit you've given to me. Yes, I want to do that. That's you going low. And because you go low, you're, you're being humble. You receive the grace of God. 
every one of us that has done that receives the grace of God of eternal life. How, more, how precious is that? The fact that you, you don't have to be lost for all eternity. You don't have to be in a terrible place for all eternity. But you can be saved for all eternity by the grace of God. And you received it by humility. You see, when Naaman dipped, it's such a beautiful example of him going low. Because he wasn't just going low physically seven times. He was also going low in his heart. He was saying, yeah, this is... This is very insulting to me. I don't think I should be treated this way. I think I should be healed a different way in nicer rivers. I don't have to dip in this Logan River, you know. I could be healed on the beaches of the Gold Coast. But God, God said, that's what I'm to do. Okay, let's go. Logan River. Take off all your clothes and then underwear. And then dip, dip, dip. Dip. You see, the heart attitude is, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Head bowed. Yes, Lord. As opposed to, no, no, no. It's pride. Pride gets resisted. Humble get the grace. But because he dipped, he dipped, he dipped seven times, he was healed. He received what God wanted him to receive. And God, he, he's just so amazing. He's so incredible. But he knows how to work situations in such a way that he knows this is going to be for your best outcome. Yes, it may be tough on your flesh, but he knows this is the way that's going to grow you, going to make you strong, going to put some grit in you. So you're not going through life as like a weak Christian that can't handle anything and the devil just hammers you all the time. But he, he knows how to strengthen you. I like that illustration Alan had given about how he preferred another job, but the Lord told him, no, go back to bus driving. You know, he wants to go a different way. And he can with free will. But Alan chose to humble himself under the hand of God. He will receive grace if he sees it through. Same with us. We all will receive God's grace if we see it through. Let's just look at, um, oh, the thing about Naaman was that he almost missed out on his healing. He almost missed out on his breakthrough, on his miracle. Why? Because of pride. Pride getting in the way. But it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Humility says it's not what I want to do. It's what does God want me to do. You can have your say. You can have your way. But you'll you won't receive the blessing of God. And Jesus is our example. He says, learn of me because I'm meek. I'm humble. He said, I'm lowly of heart. Jesus was the true example of this. He walked in nothing but absolute humility towards God. He said, I only do what I see my father do. You know, Jesus didn't do what he wanted to do. He still had free will. He could have chosen another way. You could hear him in the garden saying, Lord, if there be any way, and he's sweating great drops of blood. He's like, if there be any other way, but not my will, but your will. You see, Jesus said he had his own will. He could have. He could have taken himself off the cross. He could have asked for so many angels just to obliterate all the Romans that put him up there. But he chose not to. He chose to stick with what God had wanted. And he received the grace of God because of his humility. He is now exalted from the lowest of the low when he walked in, humbled himself, put into a human body. How insulting when you were God. That's like you, uh, us being made an ant or a fly or a piece of dust after we've been a human being. How humiliating. Jesus did that for us. God becoming a man, born in a stinky major, despised by his hometown. Man, blessing people where they didn't deserve it. And they nailed him on the cross for that. But because he humbled himself, he went down, he went low. God raised him from the dead, seated him on high. King of kings, Lord of lords. He's the one that's going to come back and finish this whole thing. And we're going to be with him in all glory. Our example, our master, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He set the example for us, how we're to walk. He said, come learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. He was meek towards God. Where to be the same way. Where to say, God, not my way, your way. I will stick it through. I will grit my teeth in the uncomfortable situation or circumstance you may find yourself in. 
and I will stick it out with you because I know you give grace to the humble. I know you're a good God. You're a good father. You know what's best for me even when I can't see, even when I can't see your perfect plan connected so perfectly together. But one thing will lead to another, to another, to another, to another. And one day you'll look back at the road you've come with God and you'll be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If I didn't serve there all those years, if I didn't hang out with all those, with these people, if I didn't do this, do that, your grace wouldn't have been there with me. I would have discarded your grace. I would have missed out on your grace. The road of humility. This is how we fulfill our, our call and our life purpose. We must walk the road of humility as Jesus did. Be willing to lay down our lives for the glory of God and to see through what God wants us to see through. Let this be an encouragement to you. The way up in the kingdom is the way down. Humble ourselves. Don't make your own plans, but stick with his. Even when you can't see. Through all your tears, through all your fears, to all your, God, why? Stick through it. Stick through it. I've been there. And I'm still going through there. It doesn't end. It just goes from grace to grace, from faith to faith, glory to glory. It gets brighter and brighter. And you thank God for what you went through because it's made you stronger in Him. And it all goes to His glory. It is well worth it. The blessings, the breakthrough, the things that God sets up, the connections. You don't see it all when He first tells you to do something. But if you stick it out with Him, you will see those breakthroughs. Thank you, Father God. So, in summary, if God tells you to plant somewhere and it's not your preference, I encourage you to plant there. If God tells you to serve somewhere and it's not your preference, I encourage you to serve there. If God tells you to work somewhere and it's not your preference or you're capable or you could do more, I encourage you, stick with what God said. Same if you want to live somewhere, but God tells you to live another in another place or God tells you to go somewhere and it's not your preference or God tells you to do something and it's not your preference stick in there Hebrews 10 35 to 36 says therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward because when you hear from God you have confidence but that confidence you have to keep with it you have to stick with it it says don't cast away that confidence which has great reward for you have need of endurance or patience Sounds very similar to James, count it all joy when you go through tough times. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise that God has for you. And let me encourage you with this. If you're hearing from the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside, and you know God has told you to do X, Y, or Z, you are doing the will of God. You are doing the will of God. And you will receive the promise that God has for you at the end of that journey, if you faint not. It says in Galatians, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. First Peter says, I want us all just to say, God cares about me. Say it again. God cares about me. God cares about me. He really does. But he will require you to walk by faith in this journey not by sight. And it's tough. It's uncomfortable in the flesh. But we saw in the illustration with Naaman, and we can see with Jesus, we can see even in our own lives from what God has put us through or had us overcome, should I say. And we can say it's well worth it to humble ourselves and receive the grace of God. The grace of God includes all the benefits of God, the healing, the provision, direction, the blessings, protection, revelation, gifts of God, power of God, anointing of God, favor, connections, whatever it takes to fulfill what God has called you to do. It's all by the grace of God. We need his grace and it all comes to the humble. The humble get the grace. Humble get the grace. Praise God. Praise God. If you do not know God as your father, let me just encourage you that God has made it easy. Not easy on your flesh or on your mind, but he has made the way easy if you're willing to humble yourself to the fact that there is a good God, that he does care about you, that he does have a good plan and purpose for your life. Let me tell you 
that God is the only way to heaven. And God is the only reason, I'd say, that you are born on this earth. You were designed and created to have a relationship with God, to be able to fellowship with Him as He made Adam and Eve and He desired fellowship with them. It's the same way for us. And you may have heard today that it takes humility to receive God's grace. And it is just so true. This is really the first step that we all have to make as a Christian. And the majority of this room has already made that decision saying, I can't save myself. There's no way I can save myself. I need a savior. Let me tell you, his name is Jesus. It says in the word of God that Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father God except by me. You have to know the Father God through what Jesus has done for you. And what has Jesus done, you may ask? He has taken away your sins. Your sins are deserving of death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. If you sinned, you deserve to die, even if it's a small sin. And that is a huge, huge impossibility. Yeah, you can't even clean yourself of your sins. No, not even one. Which is why God, in His grace and in His mercy, sent Jesus to take your sin, put it on His Son, and He took the price for you. He experienced that death so that we don't have to. You don't have to. You can have eternal life. You can have relationship with God. God can take away all your sins and make you, as I had said, righteous and holy before God. Not because of what you've done, but because you receive in a humble spirit and attitude what Jesus has done for you. If that's you, I'm just going to lead us all in a prayer very quickly. I mean, in a short amount of time um, coming up. But I just encourage you to, to ask yourself, do I know God? Do I have a relationship with God? And if you do not, I'm going to give you this opportunity right now to make that decision to accept Jesus. Accept Jesus into your life and receive the grace of eternal life. Life with God in the afterlife. If we could all bow our heads and close our eyes. If that's you, I'd like you to just to pray this prayer after me. And if everyone could pray it, that'd be great. Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and I believe that He came to earth to die on my behalf and taken away all my sins. I believe that You raised Him from the dead and seated Him on high and given Him the name above all names. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. I thank you that you are my guide, you are my comforter, you are my helper in this Christian walk, which I've just begun. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And just with eyes closed and heads bowed, I'd just like you to raise your hand Real quickly, real briefly, just high and long enough for me to see it. If you have said this prayer for the very first time, I'll just look around the auditorium. If you had just said that prayer for the very first time, just like you to quickly slip your hand up and say, yes, Benny, that was me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, you may all look up. If you said that prayer, but you didn't raise your hand, but you meant that prayer in your heart, know that you do have security, eternal security in God. You are saved. You have just begun your relationship with God. And if you're nervous in announcing it, um, I just encourage you, let someone know. Let someone know. Because God has your next step ahead of you. And it's just good to be able to connect with those that God has placed around you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, that concludes... Um, today's message the humble get the grace and uh, I do feel just to pray for us all as a congregation for God just to help us 
with His grace, with His strength, to be able to walk out what He has for us and for us to be able to receive that grace that He has for us. Father God, I just thank You so much for us all, myself included. I thank You for what You have planned for us. I thank You for the path and paths You have us on in life. And I just pray that You would continue to strengthen us as You have by Your Word, letting us know that the humble receive the grace. I ask that You would give us physical, mental, emotional, spiritual strength from you to be able to walk out and do and stick out where you have us in life right now. I pray that you would remind us, you would send help by us, by your grace, by your grace. We thank you for your grace and what you have done in our lives to this point. And we thank you that your grace will carry us on all the way, all the way. May we run a life and the race that you have set before us in a way that pleases you well. We pray this out in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless. And um, thank you for allowing me to share.